Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. And if you are new, welcome. We're equally excited to have you join us as well. And the way this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from a about seven or eight years ago, and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then in the thick of the struggle. But today, we have a special guest with us, and her name is Heidi Fiddler. 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 Yep. Okay, I was close. I should have asked before I hit record, and but we were just chit-chatting. And so, um, Heidi, she is a writer, an editor, and a creative coach. She is also a mother to a six-year-old sweet little boy who has autism. And this year they moved from a six-hour kindergarten day to a three-hour kindergarten day to help him adjust. And so that means she joined the two-hour club. And I can totally relate to that two-hour club. So that means that she only gets about two hours a day to work. And she's had to become super strategic about prioritizing her time and pacing herself. And I was just talking to my husband about strategizing and pacing myself today because it was kids are away. And so I'm like, oh, I have to get all these things done because my girls are away with their aunt. Um, but she thinks that most people would say that she's naturally a cheerful, patient and generous person. And I can tell that she is naturally cheerful just from chatting with her for the first few minutes before we hit record. And she says she's really grateful for the flexibility that her job has given her. And she don't know how she would get to all of the medical and therapy appointments without that flexibility. Um, but she'll be very gl glad when they shift back to the six hour day next year, um, which is the ultimate goal. So hopefully they're able to accomplish that. So Heidi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> You're welcome. So um, Heidi, is there anything that I missed? Uh, I mean, that like hearing it all summed up like that, I was like, yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> it feels like um, it's been an intense year, but um, I, I'm always kind of like zooming in, zooming out. And like in the moment, it feels like, oh, are we going to make it? And then when I zoom out, I'm like, OK, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> yes. So um, just out of curiosity, how come you decided to switch from a six hour school day to a three hour school day? Um, really, it was talking with the teachers and the therapists at, um, at the school, and they made the recommendation thinking that it would help our son just adjust to all the demands. Um, he had been in preschool for a little while um, in between like pandemic life and starting kindergarten, but it was a much looser environment. You know, it was kind of like just wander around and hang out. And it was not like everyone needs to sit in the circle. Everyone needs to do this activity. Now we're changing activities. And now there's like some partner work and it was just a lot for him. And I think, um, you know, one of the things he really struggles with is being in a group, following directions. It was just so much to learn at once, the routine, all those pieces together. So the hope was that moving to a three-hour day would really lower the demands and just help him adjust to the environment and the routines um, and the way our particular school is set up, I, um, I guess that there is a half day kindergarten option for everyone. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents choose the full day kindergarten option, but the half day is set up so that like most of the academic stuff is in the morning. And then like, there's a little bit of 
it's just like a little more free time in the afternoon. So he wasn't missing out on academics and it, it was, I'm not sure if it really lowered demands on him. We still ended up going to therapy at a clinic and it felt like it wasn't like we came home and watched movies or took a nap or something, but I think it lowered demands in terms of being in the groups all the time and transitioning from room to room and activity to activity, I hope. Yeah, and I think too, when they're so little, it's okay if they don't have a full day of school. It's a lot for us. And yeah. I know it, it's a lot for a lot of the other kids. It was nice that we were able to do it, um, but it was a real shock. So we had had eight hours of care each day at preschool, and then we were going down to six hours, and that felt like a little snug to me, mm -hmm. and then to go to three hours was real, really tight. <laughs> yeah, because it feels like as soon as you drop off, you turn around and go back to pick up. Basically, yeah, I would get a little bit of time to take a walk tidy up the house, do anything that needed doing for family stuff, work like an hour or two at best, and then go back. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so, so it's interesting because it's, you know, like you're adjusting to your child's school day, but then you're also adjusting to like that mom freedom. So is there something that you found that you really struggled with the most once you had only like when you joined the two hour club or even when you lost, went from eight hours of care to six hours of care? Was there something that you maybe weren't necessarily prepared to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know about this? Um, I think in all those situations for me, the first thing to go is usually like the self-care parts of my life. And a lot of times that's exercise or um even just like being able to go somewhere kind of like frivolously to like browse somewhere or like, uh, you know, go to a museum one day, <laughs> like yeah. all of that was just not an option. And it was, I, I think immediately when I was like understanding the plan and we were talking about, can we make this work? I understood like the work part of it would be um, height but it 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 also it wasn't just that there was less time to work it was more time being on as a mom and mm -hmm. so i was just more tired during like the 3 hours that i had or whatever time it was so a lot of times i didn't want to squeeze work in there i just wanted to like stare at the wall and recuperate for the next round <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, can I just tag out before I tag back in? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, I think before I was pretty good at shifting from like mom mode to work mode to me mode. And here there was there was no buffer between those. It was just like very fast <laughs> changes. Yeah. Uh, like a sprint, really, not even a marathon, because when you're on such short increments of time, it becomes a sprint. And you're like, oh my gosh, how do people run these sprints in the Olympics? They don't do it every day over and over and over. <laughs> so right. It, I think. <laughs> so then you're like, well, maybe I could be an Olympic athlete. It does sometimes feel athletic to me. Sometimes I'm like, I feel physically like I moved something uphill, even though I know I was really just mentally, emotionally moving something uphill. Yes. 
So, um, so it's, so I find it interesting that in this process, you've learned how to strategize and pace yourself. Um, because I, so now my girls are in school, I'm back in the classroom, which I swore I never would be, I'm teaching the three-year-old. So, so I'm kind of in the two hour club. So when I get home after school, then it's like, okay, I run my kids to all the activities and in between driving them. So like if I'm waiting in the car, piano or dance or whatever, I'm like trying to squeeze in my life coach, holistic healing, you know, work for that business. And so um, there are days where I feel like I am literally on the go from 5am until 10 o'clock at night. And then I have to get up and do it all over again the next day. So I'm like, oh, she figured out how to pace herself. Do tell. I mean, pace myself in that I do get up and do it again. <laughs> pace myself in terms of like, it feels easy. I wouldn't say that. But um, for me, a lot of it is knowing when the next break is going to come like mm -hmm. I can pace myself better if I if I know like my husband's gonna take over at four o'clock or I'm gonna be sitting outside of OT at four o'clock so like I'll I'll breathe so like having some predictability around the schedule really matters to me in a way it did not before <laughs> and yeah. I think knowing what I'm gonna work on next like mm -hmm. So I don't have to waste any brain power or like kind of emotional angst choosing like I, I'm just like already envisioning sliding into that next task. Yeah. And do you feel like you are able to put your self-care back into that pacing schedule or do you feel like that's still something that you're working the kinks out on? I do think I'm okay at it, but it's still fragile. It's like... Mm -hmm. I want to and I do it, but it's still the first thing to go. It, it's like everything going according to plan on a regular week. Sure, I've got some walks and stretching and maybe a cat nap in there or something. But, you know, someone gets sick or we have an extra appointment or someone needs to like have a call and that happens to fall during the time that I protected. It just crumbles <laughs> very easily. Yeah. Yeah, I can completely understand. It's at the point where I was like, I had to actually write in like exercise and whether that was at 445 in the morning or 845 at night, if I did not write it in for that day, it wasn't going to happen because it's the first thing to go. So I felt like if I wrote it down and I put it in writing, then it was harder for me to say it could get pushed to the wayside or forgotten until the following week. Like, oh, okay, we're back to Monday. And I said, I was going to exercise today. So I felt like that really helped, but even still there were days where it was like, even though it was written down, it was like crossed out, like, nope, not today. <laughs> it is not happening. I think my, my other hint for exercise, at least, is that I'll do it first. If I sit down at my computer, that's mm -hmm. a much harder break to like stand up and be like, and now I'm done and I'm doing this other self-care thing. If I can slip it in before I open the laptop, I'm I'm in a better place. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Because I feel like once you open it to the laptop, it's like a time warp and time just, just like literally yes. vanishes. <laughs> totally blinders on and you're just powering through. <laughs> yes. Yes. So there were so many things that, um, we said that we could chat about. So, um, how has it been? So the other question I have for you is, um, does your son go to a school that's specific for children with autism or does he go to just your elementary school that's part of your feeder pattern? 
He goes to the public school that's um, part of our neighborhood. Um, but we moved here to this neighborhood because we had worked with someone that uh, knows the school districts really well and was able to guide us a little bit and say, mm -hmm. this school district is autistic friendly. This one is not. And we had had some really uh, awful experiences with the first school district that we were in and just felt really crummy about it. And so we were looking and um, every every person we've interacted with at this other school, this new school has just been like so great and they're working together really well. It was very challenging to try and buy a house and do all the things around this kind of nebulous concept of like, let's find a school that will work for him. But yeah. we did and it was very worth it. So he he's in the general ed classroom he has some pullouts he has a aid that is like supporting him throughout the day but he's able to get a lot more academics and interaction with neurotypical kids and all of those pieces that we want for him he's getting it in a way he couldn't at some other schools wow that's amazing um I asked because I have two um very close friends who work for um the autistic school here in well in the state that they live in so in Delaware and so um one of them they're both sisters and one is a para an assistant and the other she started there as a para and then became a special ed teacher and and now she has her certification to be um assistant principal and so um uh, there was a time when we were younger in our early 20s and um I lived with my one friend, Julie, who's now the assistant principal, and she would do respite sometimes and bring her students home for the weekend. And it was always fascinating with some of the students that she brought home, especially one because one had a crush on my, he was my boyfriend at the time, and now he's my husband. So her name was Allison. And whenever she would come over and Pete was there, her eyes lit up and she was like, and she would go, boys, boys. And that's all she would say the whole time until he would leave. And then she'd settle down. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed that. <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, she's saying that about me, and we were like, mm -hmm. um, because she was an older student, so she was 20, I think, at the time, and now that means that she's almost 40, which is hard to imagine. But yes, so she was an maybe even like 17 or 18, but she was an older student who was like on the verge of aging out of their program. So. Um, I've seen the um, amazing things that they are able to do with their program. So I was just curious to know if you had your son in that type of program or if he was able to be in just the um, the public school that was in your feeder pattern. Yeah, I think if we had been somewhere else, we might have had to explore other options. Mm -hmm. But the school has done such a great job. I mean, and I'm sure it has to do with the resources they have. You know, if you don't have resources to throw at it, you you just run out of ideas and you do the most rigid you know um compliant thing you can think of mm -hmm. <laughs> or you know you go to like whatever is recommended first and if that doesn't work you just kind of give up and isolate a lot of the kids but this school has been really like they have lots of services they have lots of um it, it almost feels to me like um you know how like someone like Darwin like in the 1800s might have had like a private tutor who was like coming to his house and yes. choosing like the next book about moss that he was going to read or whatever based uh -huh. on just it feels like 
not that, but it's like a lot of attention and a lot of like figuring out what, what is engaging and how can we work with your brain and your body and your needs and all of that, which is, it's really great. Yeah. It sounds amazing. I feel like all children need that really, because, um, unfortunately education, sometimes we can very much put kids at a desk and be like, do this paper, write these words, but it's like, Oh, that is boring. No one wants to do that. And it's not really helping them learn in a way that's best for them. So I think it's amazing that they're really dedicated to fostering learning for the children in a way that's meaningful for them instead of just some blanketed approach that's like this one size fits all style that doesn't really necessarily work for anyone for sure and I I remember those days you know like that's what I experienced and kind of expected and it's a strange feeling to feel like you're you're old and outdated based on your own school experience and yes. like oh that's not how we do things now oh that's good <laughs> it's awful when your kids come home and they need help on their math homework and you're trying to help them but you're doing it the way that you learned in the 80s and the 90s and they look at you and like that's not the way my teacher showed me i'm like well then i can't help you because i don't know the way that your teacher showed you <laughs> i do not get this no <laughs> like brain does not compute and that i always say to them and that girls is why I teach the littles I do not teach children over five years old (laughs) because I don't want to have to know the new fourth grade math or the fifth grade math or the seventh grade math no thank you (laughs) my 90s way works just fine (laughs) I used to work at teacher creative materials and they had like lots of specialists lots of teachers that became editors there and they had like math specialists and whatever and those teachers that were now editors and parents they would come in and talk to the math specialist in the morning trying to get tips to help their kids do the uh-huh. homework at night and I was like you guys don't know what's going on I have no chance like <laughs> this is so specialized because I'm always like I will pay you <laughs> if you just do it with my kid for me like I will pay whatever it costs you tell me and I will pay you <laughs> Yes. Because <laughs> I don't want to deal with the tears and the crying and the screaming at homework time. So if I can pay you, I will. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that's the other thing with like the three hour day is like, it is so much interaction one-on-one me and my son, which mm-hmm. is great. And I, I like having that closeness, but I also think like there's so much benefit from having other people be able to guide him and have their way of communicating and you know not have that relationship be like everything teacher parent therapist like all those pieces together to say they are teaching phonics like go forth yes, <laughs> they're doing like, a great job and learn from them this phonics yes that is not I what I am teaching <laughs> I felt the same way when my girls were home with me when they were little. After I left my teaching career, it was like I wanted them to be home with me. And I even thought about homeschooling. I'm like, I'm a teacher. I can homeschool them. And so I asked my older daughter, who was just maybe five or six at the time, and she was like, I don't want to be home with you. I want to go to school with my friends. And I was crushed, crushed. I was like, ah, rude. You are so rude. And then she was at school. So I just was like, I resigned myself to the fact that like, I just wasn't going to be a homeschool mom. And then when Lily was in school and Casey was home with me, I was like, yeah, I'm really not cut out for this homeschool mom thing. Like I really need you to go to preschool soon, sooner rather than later, please. 
Like, I love you and I need you to go see someone else. I think a lot of parents realize they do not want to do homeschool. It, it can be great for some people, but it's a lot. It is. And so then when my daughter, my older daughter hit fourth grade, she, I don't know if she met someone that was homeschooled or, but she heard the word on the street about homeschool life. She was like, cause my girls are in private school. She was like, they don't wear uniforms. They don't even have to learn the whole day. She was like, they don't even have homework. She was like, and they go places for school. She was like, why are you not homeschooling us? And I was like, oh, excuse me. Let me explain to you why I am not homeschooling you. Been there, done that. Try then. You told me you didn't want to be home with me. You wanted to go to school with your friends. So you got what you asked for. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would only get harder myself the older they got, like maybe first year. I don't know. But the older they get, the more I'd be like, I'm going to let someone else take over. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, please. Because like I said, math, no thank you. Like high school science, no thank you. So yes, please. So it, it all worked out for a reason, but I can remember very much. So even sometimes now when they're home for summer break, I'm like, how many days till school starts? It's so much planning. And then like, we're talking pacing yourself like this this pacing yourself for the summer of like okay it's day one let's lower expectations like it is a lot yes and I think that is super important and is lowering the expectations and for a long time that was where I got stuck and I don't know if that's the same for you but I had these grand expectations in my mind of how our day was gonna go what their behavior was gonna be like and then when that did not happen Woo, I could not handle it. I was losing my mind because I'm like, why, why can't you just do like, hello, don't you know my plan? I've had this whole thing figured out and you're not cooperating. Yeah, I, our hardest days would be if I had an agenda of some kind and was like, let's start clicking through these tasks. Like it's going to be better for both of us if we just see what we're in the mood for and try to transition when we need a snack and like anticipate, you know, some downtime in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Small increments, just basically like put one foot in front of the other, just one thing at a time. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. And I think that's what I did. I was just like, I had this whole day envisioned in my mind. I was like, I've got to make it from seven o'clock when your dad leaves from work until six o'clock when he gets home and I am flying by myself. And we, I have to get through this because I don't want to lose my mind on you. And I don't want to lose my mind on myself, but inevitably I could feel like the smoke coming out of my ears. Cause I'm like, you girls are working against me, not with me here. Two together sounds trickier too. Cause yeah, I could feel that dynamic shifting. <laughs> Especially when like my older daughter is me to a T. So it's like arguing with myself and the other, my younger daughter is more like my husband. But then when the two of them, it was like tag teaming against me and I'm like, come on guys. And then I would get mad because they don't do that to their dad. So I don't know if things are different with your son and your husband than they are with you. I think inevitably just, I mean, everyone's going to have different relationships, but also if you are the primary person and you spend all that time together, I mean, you could spend that much time with anyone and you would eventually annoy each other or just kind of 
be a little brittle, you know? Yeah. I do think a little absence helps everyone be like, oh yeah, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause right now I'm not sure if I yeah. do. <laughs> it actually is good to see you again. <laughs> and I love how you described it brittle. I think that is the perfect word brittle. I'm going to use that more often. I love it. <laughs> so, um, and I have to say, like, I just love your, you know, optimism and your positivity about the whole thing, because um, it it can get overwhelming when you're like, oh, my gosh, I went from eight hours to six hours to three hours of care. And like my life is changing. And I know, like, as parents, we do that. We sacrifice for our kids. Um, but the fact that you just can like laugh about it and find the humor in it, I think it's amazing because it's, you know, that can be a hard thing to do. Yeah. I think that's probably my own natural tendency is I, I, I look for the good or I look for some of the humor. Um, but it is, it is hard and it's a lot to absorb. Um, I think I'm probably in a better place now having had our, our meeting and making a plan for next year. I, I didn't feel a hundred percent. We were going to make the plan to go to the six hour day for next year. So I had been telling myself all year next year is six hours. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And if they had said, we don't think he's ready for the six hour day. I think that could have crushed me <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as you, you know, you've been building yourself up to it, you know, cause then that's the other thing too, that was hard. It was like, you know, I, my girls were in daycare. I was at work all day and then we switched and then I was a stay at home mom and I had them with me, but then Lily went to school during the day and then Casey was home with me and then they were both in school. And so then readjusting to that. And so it was like this weird thing. It was like, when you were home with me, I wanted you at school. And now that you're at school, I'm like totally missing you. So it's like constantly readjusting that mindset. And then when things again, don't go to plan and you have it like in your mind, then you're like, oh, oh, wait, hold on. You mean I have to readjust again? Yeah. And I think we're kind of trained that we are supposed to treat work as this. If work is your other thing that you're trying to balance or just even your own self-care or whatever, but it's like, we're trained to think like the time opens up. So we should just turn on a switch and do the work or do the thing, like do the exercise, whatever it is we were waiting all that time to have time to do mm -hmm. but it's like for me it's just not that simple sometimes I need that time to either shake it off and recover sometimes it's like you need some transition to be like where am I now do I want to do this work what feels important or like meaningful right this second you know it's it's not like you just jump in from that stage to the next stage and it's like on you go, <laughs> except that life does go on. And you can sometimes feel this sort of like, I kind of think of it as like jet lag where you're like, I'm still processing like all of that. And then change is going on. <laughs> yes. And so it's, you know, you don't always have that chance to catch your breath. Um, are there things that you do um, during the day where you, if you feel overwhelmed or you feel um, cause I know there were times where I just felt over stimulated with my girls. It was like constant talking, constant making noise. The toys made noise. And one of my girlfriends, she put duct tape over the speaker so that 
Yes, I've I've like rubber banded some socks on one thing that that doesn't really work, but I was like, this is way too loud. Yes, and so she did. She put duct tape on the speakers so that way the child could still hear the noise, but not at full volume. And I was like, that is genius. I never thought to do that. So, are there things that you do to help yourself during the day if you feel like you need that break, but you're not able to have it since you now only have that three hours of care? Yeah. I mean, I, I do take mini breaks. Like I I will say I need a timeout or I need a break and just walk away sometimes, but also sound like you're saying like the loudness of, of talking and like even cupboards, all that stuff really kind of makes me rattled. Um, And for my son, a lot of what brings him comfort is singing and talking and saying like lots of nonsense things um and he's also really quick to whine sometimes so I I use these things called loops which are basically like they're earplugs but they are designed so that you can still kind of hold a conversation if you're like looking at someone or like I like them because I know where he is in the house I can hear what he's doing but it's all just like a little muffled I don't feel like like if I turned the baby monitor 100% down, then I would feel like I don't know where he is mm-hmm. in the house. But with the loops on him, I know where he is. And if he needs something, I can take them out and like go back and forth more. But he he wears like, um, I think they call them like ear protectors or something, but like those giant headphones. Yeah, sometimes. like the noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Um, if it's like a school assembly or some sort of mm-hmm. really intense environment for him. And I feel like these are, they're a subtler version of that. And it, it does help me. It kind of like de-stresses things a tiny bit. And sometimes I'll think like, if it's early in the morning and I'm like, I am just so, so tired. Like, I'll think I'll just bring my loops down to breakfast and maybe I'll have them if I need them, like while I'm making breakfast or something, like just kind of almost like a security item at this point. (laughs) I love it, but it also gives you permission to ease into the day instead of just like full on, like smack you in the face, get on with it. And so I think that's brilliant. And I'm totally going to look up these loops, um, earplugs, because when the dogs get to bargain, even now, sometimes my girls, they just never stop talking. And especially when I'm trying to work, if I'm in the same room with them, like I'm on the laptop or I'm, you know, doing writing something or creating something, it's just nonstop talking. And they'll, so I'm like, well, I need these. So I am, I am investing in some loops. They, they do feel like a little bit of an investment. Like you're like, why am I paying $30 for a pair of earplugs? But they are cute and like a tiny bit, like an accessory. Like you feel like maybe it's like a tiny bit of ear jewelry or something, but mostly it's because you can hear enough. Like you can't hear, you aren't tuning everything out. You're tuning out some of the most annoying frequencies, I think. And I think $30 for sanity is a bargain. Yes. And it fits in your pocket. It's it's a good thing. And if it's cute at the same time, then that's even just an added bonus. Yes. I have rose gold. Ooh, fancy. I love it. So, okay. So loops, ladies, we're getting the loops. We're going to start the loop earplug collective. That's what we're going to be doing. Someone wearing them outside, like give a little ear wiggle or something. (laughs) 
so that we all know that we're rocking the loops. So it has been, it's been so fun chatting with you. And I, I'm just thankful that you have been just so willing to share your story and your, the ups and the downs of it all, because it makes us feel normal. Cause I can tell you when my girls were home with me and I would lose my patience or thought like, oh my God, when are you going to school? I'm like, you are a horrible mother <laughs> wishing your kids to go away. I think it makes sense why we are all so like tightly wound. It is a really challenging job. Yes. So, um, so just thank you for just normalizing the fact that being a mom is a challenging job and we're all just doing what we can to survive. And even if it means that we're part of the two hour club. Yes. Yes. I'm a proud member of the two hour club and thank you for having me. It was great yeah, talking with you. Of course. So ladies, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a resource, a one-stop shop. So you're not going through the internet rabbit hole, trying to find what you need to make it through the day. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, us ladies, we have got to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you all next week.